welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Welcome to another episode of Plant School. As you can see, today's episode is going to be about the money tree. Before I get to that, I'm going to choose two giveaway winners. If you're new here, I do this every single episode. I choose two people to receive a free plant. I take one from Apple Podcasts, someone who has left a review, and then I take someone from Spotify who has answered the most recent episode's question. So if you want to win a free plant, do either of those things. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or you can answer the question on Spotify. There'll be a question below this episode. Just type in a quick answer and boom, you are entered in. So our winner over on Apple Podcasts is Melissa Sean. She said, I've been listening to this show for a while now as I began my love story with plants a couple years ago. I have a lot to learn and this show answers so many of my questions. The host is very easy to listen to and she does a great job on interviews as well as solo shows. I highly recommend this show, whether you are new or old to plants, there's always more to learn and she keeps it interesting. Thank you so much, Melissa, for that very kind review. If you will email me at tennyplants at gmail.com, that's T-E-N-N-E-Y plants at gmail, I will get you set up with your free plant. And moving over to Spotify, I asked you guys to introduce yourselves because my last episode was kind of me talking about me. And it was so much fun reading everyone's answers and learning a little bit more about you guys and who is listening on this podcast. So today's winner is Nicole with an E. She said, to go along the line of plants, I as a little girl only was interested in evergreen trees. Then in college, I took botany and my view on plants changed. I now notice the tiniest of plants. I love that. I feel the same way. So Nicole, thank you so much for participating, first of all. And go ahead and email me at tinnyplants at gmail, and I will get you set up with your free plant. And again, if you want a chance to win on next week's episode, if you're listening on Spotify, answer the question below this episode that you're listening to. And if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a review. It's as simple as that. And the reason why we are able to do these giveaways is because one of my local nurseries is sponsoring this. So if you want to check them out, show them some love, for their generosity in giving these plants away to my listeners, go check them out. It's onlinegardencenter.store. There will be a link in the show notes if you're interested. It's a family-owned greenhouse, and they're doing a great job at getting into the world of selling houseplants. So go support them at onlinegardencenter.store. So it's been a while since I have done a care guide, and for those of you who listened to my last episode, I talked about how I made the hard decision to unpublish my first 50 episodes of this podcast. If you want to hear more details, you can go listen to that last episode. It's episode 131. And I know that there were a lot of fun episodes in there. There's quite a few care guides and other stuff. So I'm going to be revamping and re-recording them and publishing brand new versions throughout this year. So for today, I am doing a plant that I have not covered before, but it was a plant that was requested from Sarah on Instagram. Thank you, Sarah. I think you requested it so long ago. I'm sorry. Sometimes it takes me a while to make my way around to suggestions that you guys make, but you as a listener, you're more than welcome to make 
future episode suggestions by DMing me at Plant School Podcast on Instagram. And that's probably the easiest way to let me know about your idea. So I like to start these care guide episodes by asking, first of all, what is the plant that we're going over? And for today, it's a money tree. So the scientific name is Pakira aquatica. Pakira originates from the indigenous Guyana, and it means sweet water nut. And aquatica comes from it growing in or near water. It is a member of the Malvae family or the Malo family, which includes plants like cacao, cotton, and the hibiscus plant. And in the common names of the money tree, there's quite a few. So there's French peanut, which I think is so cute. There's Guyana chestnut, Malabar chestnut, money plant, money tree, which are probably two of the most common. It's known as monguba in Brazil and pampo in Guatemala. And some other names are bacota, provision tree, and the saba nut. Like I said, it's got a large variety of names. So the money tree, they have these compound palmate leaves meaning their one leaf includes small leaflets, and the leaflets have a lancelet shape to them. They do have thickened roots that have smaller roots coming off of those bigger roots, and the big roots serve as water reservoirs in case the plant receives little water. The money tree does flower, and they are fragrant and are yellow and white in color. They only bloom at night, and if they are pollinated, they produce these large seed pods with peanut-like nuts inside. And like I said, pollination is required for these seeds to form, so they will rarely produce these seeds indoors. Moving on to their symbolism, the money tree, as you can imagine, it, it's not much of a stretch, but it can symbolize good financial fortune just good fortune in general, or good luck. If one of its leaves, I think they normally have about five leaflets on it, but if it has seven, it is considered a sign of extreme luck since it is so rare for this to happen. So if you happen to have a leaf that has the seven leaflets on it, you're pretty lucky because that does not happen very often. The name money tree is actually rumored to have originated when a poor man prayed for money, he found Pakira aquatica, or the money tree, and he took it home and began to make money by selling the seeds of the plant. And this story is actually the reason why many businesses today, they will keep a small money tree near their cash register for that whole aspect of good fortune. And it's actually also recommended when you are thinking of where to place it in your home, to place it in the southeast corner because that corner is known to help promote wealth. Let's move on to where they originated. And this is kind of slowly getting into their history, but I like to start off where they came from. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, this is my favorite part is diving into where they came from and how they got to where they are today. So in the wild, this plant is a tropical evergreen estuarian species. So it, it likes water. It's native to freshwater swamps, estuaries, and riverbanks in tropical rainforests from Mexico to northern South America. They can grow up to 60 feet tall in their native environment, so really big, not what you would think of with those small or mid-sized money trees that you see as indoor plants. So it prefers to grow where rivers often overflow or in like damp mountain forests, but you can also find it just growing in the wild in these sparsely vegetated, marshy, swampy areas. 
and they can grow outside in zones 9b through 11. So a pretty warm environment. All right, let's get into their history. So the money tree was named by the French botanist and pharmacist Jean-Baptiste Christophe Fusset-Ablet. I apologize if my French was really off. It's because I am not French. So he included it in his book, which I would say in French, but like I said, I'm not very good at French. I'm pretty sure it translates to history of plants in the something. Guiana Fransos. What does that mean? It's French Guiana. Okay, okay, you got it. So if for anyone that doesn't know, that's like a, what would you call it? A department of France over in South America. So obviously our friend Jean-Baptiste Christophe Fusset-Ablet was writing a book about the plants in French Guiana. So since then, it has been introduced to numerous tropical and subtropical countries as an ornamental plant, including the USA, Africa, Asia, Australia, and the Pacific Islands. But there are actually a few places that it is considered mildly invasive. Those places include Brazil, the Dominican Republic, and the Federated States of Micronesia. So as of today, it's widely grown in Japan and in East Asia because its popularity has just exploded. It has been used for years in Japan as a bonsai species, but more commonly you'll see it in its braided form. And there's kind of a cool story to how money trees became braided because that's normally how you will see them when you buy them. There'll be about five stems and they are braided together into a large trunk. Anyway, so the story goes is that it was a Taiwanese truck driver who first braided and cultivated the money tree this way. He had a single flower pot and I guess he thought it would be cool. There's no explanation to as why he did it, but that's the thought of how it became popular and it is still braided by hand to this day. And the cultivation of this plant being braided is actually not very old. It only goes back to about the 1980s to where we started to see it and it became very popular. So growers, they will breed several individual seedlings together in the same pot. And while they are very young, they will braid their stems slowly over time. And as they grow, these stems will fuse together and it becomes one trunk. It's thought maybe it started with that Taiwanese truck driver, but it also became very popular in Japan and then it slowly started to move to East Asia. And today, that's normally how you will find it is with that braided trunk. Another symbol that goes with this is that the trunks are supposed to represent the five Chinese elements of Feng Shui, which are earth, fire, wood, metal, and water. Five is also a lucky number in China and the five leaflets that it normally has, and the five petaled flowers that it has, and those five trunks, makes this plant just the extreme luck charm. They are also often decorated with red ribbons and other Chinese symbols of good fortune, because why not? It's just a very common cultural thing that they'll do. And just as a note, these stems are braided into one trunk to give them a more substantial trunk. It doesn't necessarily need to happen to have a happy money tree. You can have one that just is one single stem or one single trunk, but it does help them have that aesthetic and it keeps it rather sturdy. 
So to this day, they are very popular all over the world and they play a big role in multiple economies. So for example, in Taiwan, their exports of the money tree in 2005 amounted to $7 million for just this one plant, which is pretty impressive. It is also cultivated in Hawaii and California. So if you're in the U.S., that's primarily where those plants are coming from. So kind of taking a step back, I want to focus on their seeds or nuts that they have because those are kind of historically important. So they have been used as food and as medicine. They can be eaten raw or cooked or ground into flour. And when you cook them, they're said to have a flavor similar to a European chestnut. And the raw form tastes more like a peanut. And it's interesting because as I was looking at this, specifically its seed and how to eat it, and if you should eat it, There were so many conflicting studies. So historically, we see that people have eaten it, right? And they've been okay. It's continued to this day. But there are some studies that show that you should not eat it because it has cyclopropanoid fatty acids, which are a carcinogenic, meaning it can cause cancer. And there was even a study done with rats where they ate the raw form of these little nuts and five of the six rats died from consumption. So it's kind of confusing. Perhaps it was just poisonous to the rats and obviously it's not as potently poisonous to humans. Just know if you want to go and try and eat one that there's there's just some conflict surrounding that subject. But besides their seeds, you can also eat young flowers and also young leaves. You can cook them, eat them just as you would a vegetable, and then medicinally Pachyra aquatica is used to treat hepatitis, stomach complaints, headaches, anemia, high blood pressure, fatigue, and as an anesthetic. The bark of the money tree has also been known to help with treating burning skin if you boil it and make a cold water infusion. Also, it's been reported that you can use bark of the money tree, you can boil it down and make a blood tonic with it, and also you can use crushed leaves to make a cold water infusion to treat burning skin. So a lot of different uses. Many of these had no studies to back them up. This is just kind of culturally what it has been used for over time. Besides medicine, the money tree has also been used to create a variety of goods, including soap from the oil within their seeds, and the fibrous material in their bark has also been used for caulking boats and used as cordage to make ropes. And you can also use the bark to create both a yellow and red dye. The wood is very soft and possesses kind of a low durability. And when you grind up the wood and make it into a pulp, it can be used in the production of things like paper. And lastly, the money tree. It has so many uses. It's pretty crazy. It has been used as an insecticide with the fruit being spread along the ground as a deterrent to sand fleas. So the money tree has quite a rich history. So many uses to it. And also just a lot of symbolism tied to this plant, especially in the East Asian communities. It was a lot of fun to learn about. So now we're going to pivot and move into the care. And I'm going to be going over how to care the potted version because I mentioned that you can use it as a bonsai. And the bonsai needs a little bit different care. So we're going to be focusing on the potted version that you would normally find like in your big box stores like Home Depot or at a plant shop. 
So let's start by going over how to water this plant. You want to water your money tree when the top two inches are dry. Poke your finger in there, see if the soil is dry and if it needs water. If it's wet, forget about it for a few days. If it's dry, go ahead and water it. Overwatering or sitting in a wet potting mix can lead to yellowing leaves. So if you do notice your leaves yellowing, check your watering, make sure you are letting that soil dry out just a little bit. And if you do suspect root rot where those roots have been sitting in wet soil and they're starting to decay, you can pull the plant out, you can remove the soil, look at the roots and cut off any that are brown and mushy. That is a sign that they have been infected from root rot. And then overwatering and also underwatering can also lead to leaves dropping and it can lead to the trunk dying. And each trunk that is braided in there is a plant on its own. So when resources are scarce, such as water, they are competing for those resources. And one of the trunks that is not as strong as the others may shrivel up and die. Or when there's too much water, the root rot can travel and cause stem rot in one or many of them, and the stem will kind of get soft and mushy. If you notice this, you can remove the dead braided trunks by kind of cutting it carefully into pieces and wiggling it out of the remaining trunks if you can. Because I know sometimes they do fuse together. It might be quite impossible to remove all of it, but you can remove a majority of it if it is harming your plant. Or if it just looks ugly, it's a shriveled up trunk in there and you don't want it anymore, it, it's fine to pull it out. Moving on to its lighting needs, the money tree prefers bright light out of harsh direct sun, just like literally 99% of other houseplants. Too little light will cause slow growth and it can also cause yellowing leaves. And then when you get too much sun, it can actually get sunburned. Signs of this include brown patches or the entire leaf will turn brown or brown leaf tips. If you notice this, try and move your plant out of direct sunlight if it's getting too much. As I'm talking, this plant seems so fussy, but I don't think it is that fussy. But just know that moving your plant too much in your home can shock it and it can cause leaves to drop. So you can avoid this by acclimating your plant and gradually moving it to a new position and kind of just moving it slowly over time. Another note when it comes to lighting is that you should be rotating your plant regularly to help it keep even growth. If you let it sit for months and months and months, it can start leaning towards the sunny area of the room and can have that uneven growth. They do prefer temperatures between 60 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 15 to 24 degrees Celsius all year round. That is what they prefer. It's a tropical plant, but they also do well in tolerating household humidity. So if it is really, really dry, they may start to be affected. A humidifier can help with that, or you can group your houseplants together to kind of raise the humidity since those plants will all be transpiring water together. And if you would like to, you can place your money tree outside in those warmer months as long as the evening temperature does not fall below 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 10 degrees Celsius. If it goes below that, your money tree is at risk for serious damage. Moving on to fertilizing. So your money tree, it's recommended to fertilize them with an all-purpose fertilizer about once a month from spring to late summer or when the plant is showing signs of new growth. So you can use something like a 10-10-10 or a 20-20-20, 
Those are some pretty generic all-purpose fertilizers. Just make sure to follow the directions on them and dilute them appropriately. If you notice signs of fertilizer burn, like the leaves are yellowing very quickly and you, you know you've just fertilized, you can help diminish those effects by flushing out the soil. You just let water run through it and drain out the bottom of the pot for a few minutes. And that can kind of flush away the excess salts. But your money tree, while it is young, they should grow fairly quickly. They should grow about 18 to 24 inches per year if they are in ideal conditions. Getting enough light, getting watered consistently, having enough fertilizer, all of that good stuff. Let's talk about repotting. So the money tree does need space for its roots and many recommend to keep a pot about as large as the spread of the foliage. Some signs that it does need to be repotted is roots coming out of the pot on the top or the bottom, growth that is slowing down, or water is not being absorbed in the soil. And this is because the soil is mostly just roots. There's not much soil in there. And it is recommended to repot in early spring or summer when your plant is getting plenty of sun and it is growing. They do prefer a well-draining soil, so when you do get some new soil for it, getting a mix that includes peat moss, perlite, and sand is ideal. And they can also be grown hydroponically with no soil. If you are into that, money trees are a great one to kind of fiddle around with. When it comes to pruning a money tree, generally it doesn't need much pruning. They can grow up to about six feet tall. And as they grow, you want to be braiding them and tie them with a loose string at the top and just adjust it as time goes on and as they keep growing. Of course, you can feel free to remove like any overgrowth or damaged leaves and prune those off. But structural pruning, if you want to do that, it can really help maintain the shape you desire. It's best to do this in those bright, warmer months where the plant is growing more and can bounce back more easily, and you want to make cuts that will help the plant continue in the structure that you want. If you want them to continue to be braided easily, cut off any growth that is not aiding in that, just be sure to remove no more than 25% of the plant at a time. More than that can really stress it out. All right, let's talk about propagating. So they can be propagated by stem cuttings, and I should say it's softwood stem cuttings, or air layering, or by seed. So let's start with softwood stem cuttings. You can place them in soil or water. You simply take a cutting from healthy new growth, new growth being key. You want it at least six inches in length and have several nodes. Those are those little areas where growth is taking place. And you can remove the bottom sets of leaves keep the upper one to two sets for photosynthesis so the plant doesn't die and then you can apply powdered rooting hormone powder and place the cutting in water or soil whatever you prefer and just keep the environment moist and within about eight weeks the cutting should start producing viable new growth next for propagation methods is air layering and if you're familiar with that method you simply are making a cut all the way around the stem of the money tree From there, you can apply rooting hormone powder, and then you're going to pack on either sphagnum moss or soil and tie it all up in a clear plastic wrapping and secure it with string or some other fastener on the top and bottom of the clear plastic wrapping. So it kind of creates this ball of moss or soil around the cut that you made. 
From there, roots should start coming from that cut. And once you notice those roots and they are over two inches long, you can go ahead and cut off that piece that is air layered and place it in its own pot. Last way to propagate is by seed. So the seeds can actually be kind of hard to come by, but they have a very high success rate of nearly 100%. So pretty good odds there. They take about five to 10 days to sprout, not very long at all. And so if you are interested in growing a house plant by seed, honestly, this is one of the most promising that I've ever seen. Other ones can be pretty tricky. This one does not seem to be one of those. So I have three questions left when it comes to caring for them. First one, are they prone to any pests? And yes, they can be prone to mealybugs, aphids, and spider mites on their foliage. So you can treat these with neem oil, alcohol on a cotton swab, or whatever your preferred method is, whether it's an insecticide or what have you. Just know that if you leave the pest bee untreated, it can cause loose, drooping, or dying leaves. My second question is kind of just a catch-all. It's just extra care tips that I want to give you. And then I have one last question. So for my extra care tips, these plants do have large leaves. So wiping them clean with a microfiber cloth is always a good idea. Keeps them shiny, allows that light to be fully photosynthesized for the plant. And these plants, they are considered non-toxic and pet-friendly. Hooray for that. And if you were curious, there were some articles that talked about if you could unbraid a money tree. And yes, you can do this if your money tree is young and the trunks haven't fused together. Otherwise, you might not be able to fully unbraid it without snapping the trunks, which is not ideal. That would kill the plant. But in case you wanted to unbraid them, you certainly can as long as they haven't fused together. All right, my last question. How long does a money tree live? Well, if you give it the right care that we've talked about today, the money tree, it can live for about 50 to 150 years. I think this plant is one of the longest lasting I've seen in a care guide episode. It makes sense why it's an ideal bonsai species because bonsais are often cultivated and cared for for generations. So this would be a perfect one for that. And that concludes the history and how to care for a money tree or a Pakira aquatica. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope you will join me in two weeks for a brand new episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast. Mm -hmm.